Mogul's League, but honestly, who is? No one I've ever seen. Karen is superstar gorgeous, a French Riviera head-turning, jaw-dropping beauty. So if you're saying Karen's the measuring stick, then Rachel, along with the rest of the planet's women, can't reach it. But with Rachel's looks, you take it all in, and maybe you decide the word you're searching for isn't beautiful, but something even more special. She had been adorable. I see Karen watching me from her perch on the bed. I know I'm supposed to say something to her now, something reassuring. But there's a disconnect between my brain and mouth. So I just keep staring at her, freezing the moment in time, wondering what's going to happen between us from here on out, and realizing we've both upped the ante in our relationship. I zip my pants, notch my belt, step into my seam-stitched Prada loafers, and wonder if it's true. Do I really love her? Perhaps not as much as she loves my money, I think. Then again, it's hard to measure these things when you're only a month into the relationship. I kiss her goodbye and take the elevator down to the hotel parking garage. In case you care, I drive an Audi R8, red with a black vertical stripe just back of the cabin. This sexy, low-slung rocket runs 130 grand and turns heads faster than Paris Hilton crossing her legs in a biker bar. So I'm in the parking garage, fishing in my pocket for the keyless remote, when I hear a crackling sound and, Christ, something zaps my calf muscle from behind. I turn to see what's happened. And the next thing I know, I'm rubbing the back of my neck where it feels like someone stuck me with a hypodermic needle. I'm groggy, but I feel movement, and realize I'm in the back seat of a stretch limo with two guys. The one on the left is a muscle head. Looks like Mr. Clean on steroids. The other guy's a well-dressed older man with slicked-back gray hair. He's wearing a black silk suit with vertical white lines and a white tie. The voice in my head is saying, oh shit, this is the real deal. And the voice is right. This is a full-fledged gangster sitting across from me, and he's just asked me something. Unfortunately, my head is in a fog and I'm still reeling, so I can't quite make out what he said. Trying to buy time to get my bearings, I say, I'm sorry, who are you? What did you just say? Your wife, he says. I look around. He's talking to me? His words seem to be coming from deep in a well. Did he just ask me about my wife? What about her? I ask. What's her bra size? Her what? I ask. Who are you? What the hell are you talking about? He sits there in silence with no hint of a smile. I pat my pocket instinctively, feeling for my cell phone. Then I remember I left it in the car so I wouldn't be disturbed while seducing Karen. Nothing kills the mood faster than a phone call, right? Unless you're interrupted by a gangster, that would be worse. I'm trying to remain calm, hoping to clear my head of this thick, fuzzy feeling. I look out the window and see we're only about eight blocks from the hotel. We're moving slowly, making our way down Liberty Street, I look out the window and see a homeless guy sitting on the curb, his back propped against a street lamp. 
He's wearing a red corduroy jacket and holding a sign in his lap that says, Stop offering me work. I wonder briefly if this is some sort of marketing ploy on his part, and it strikes me I've got more important things to worry about, like what the hell is going on. I'm afraid to stare at the gangster or Mr. Clean, so I continue looking out the window. We're picking up speed now. I watch us pass a heart rehab clinic, an office building with a Starbucks on the first floor, a Thornton's gas station, and then it's under the interstate and up the ramp onto the expressway heading east. Where are you taking me? I ask. The well-dressed Sopranos wannabe waves his hand. Here's your problem. You ask too many questions. I ask a simple question. You ask me too in return. So I'm going to try again, he says. What's Rachel's bra say?